On today's Homestand Sports Podcast, I have three big questions, starting with number one, the Toronto Blue Jays. Who is to blame for the Toronto Blue Jays' demise? For the second straight wildcard series in a row, they were swept two zip this time by the Minnesota Twins. What happens in the offseason? What happens with Bo? What happens with Vlad? But the big question is, who is to blame for the Jays getting bounced once again in the MLB postseason? The second question has to do with Travis Kelsey has to do with Taylor Swift, the NFL pop culture. Is the NFL overdoing it with the Taylor Swift thing? Travis Kelsey came out and said some things about the situation. The NFL released a statement. I will play that clip. I will mention the statement and we'll get into the conversation if the NFL is actually overdoing it by showcasing too much of Taylor Swift. And the third one, Marshawn Lynch was on a podcast with Shannon Sharp and had some things to say about Russell Wilson. I'll play a lot of those clips and we'll dissect it. But after you hear that, the big question is, how much damage has Russell Wilson's reputation taken after those comments and what's going to happen moving forward with his career? So stay tuned for all of that. I'm Albert Vartanian and this is Homestand Sports. All right, joining me now. Head of production of Homestand Sports, <laughs> Hamilton's own, my good buddy, Sean McCormick. Yeah. Um, so I did mention what went down with the Blue Jays in the intro. You know that. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah. They now own the longest active losing streak in the postseason to seven games, the Toronto Blue Jays. So here's the question. Who deserves the most blame for this Blue Jays demise? Where, Is, where do I start? I, I'm going to throw some, okay. some names at you. John Schneider, yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., yeah. the whole front office. <laughs> Sure. The offense? Yeah. The pitching? Okay. Or the defense? Who takes or, – or you can either pick one or split it up. All of the above. <laughs> uh, no, it's a tough question. Um, and, and a lot of blame deserves to go around uh, for the, the Toronto Blue Jays. Just like I don't know how they flame, flame out the way they do, man. Like last year they were up 8-1 and they lose the game. This year they, they score one run in two games. That's just – you can't do that. You, you can't expect to win any games, regular season playoff, by just scoring one run. Um, so, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit more, but the, the number one person I blame is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You cannot, cannot get thrown out the way he did at second base. Cannot. Asleep at the switch. Like, I understand that um, Carlos Correa is a hell of a, you know, game manager as a shortstop. And, 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 you know, Sonny Gray, and they talked about it. Uh, Sonny Gray says, like, Carlos Correa came up to him in the, in the, in the second inning and, and they're like, hey, they can't, the third base coach, it's too loud here. They, they won't be able to hear him. Like, let's set up this play. And they set it up and they executed it perfectly. But, like, Vladimir Guerrero also has to know that it's too loud, that the third base coach won't be able to talk to you. So you just have to, like, have a, your head on a swivel and, and mm-hmm. get back to that base. And not, not, A, get back to the base, but why are you so far away from it? Why? Like, you're not even the lead runner. It's inexcusable, man. It's just mental lapses, mistakes. Like, we saw mistakes throughout the series, and we'll get into it. But Vladimir Guerrero, you're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be – sorry, excuse me, I'm getting heated. <laughs> you're supposed to be the, the guy who the team can rely on, a superstar. You have, I think, three hits and two walks in six playoff games. Like batting 143 or something like that. Like that's that you're a superstar. You and and you you watch Carlos Correa the Twins who had a, a really bad year 
injuries and, and such, you know, batting sixth. What does he do? Throws out Bo Bichette when he's Bo Bichette runs through the stop sign, which an, another thing I can blame. He, he picks off Vladdy and then uh, he hits the, he hits a single to cash in some runs, right? right? Right. Like he's somebody who is, was counted on by his team and did the job. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did not do the job. But you, I, I hear you. And I think Vlad probably deserves a percentage of the blame. Yeah. But it's the entire offense. You mentioned no. it. One run in 18 innings in the postseason. How does that happen? With, with that type of offense, you have Bo Bichette. You have Vladdy. You have Brandon Belt, who's been there before. George Springer. But unfortunately, throughout the season, all these guys underachieved and underperformed. The only positions that didn't, Pitching and defense, two things that Chris Bassett and, and Brandon Belt said wins championships and timely hitting, and they didn't get the timely hitting. Yeah. So I'm with you with Vlad. I would throw definitely a percentage of the blame on him. Uh, I have to also look at John Schneider. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are pointing fingers towards him for pulling uh, Jose Brios early in the game yeah. when he probably shouldn't have. But with that said, the Jays didn't lose the game for that reason. Mm -hmm. Did it hurt the morale of the team at that time? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if you heard some of the comments post-game. Whit Merrifield was like, I hated it. Mm -hmm. Essentially saying, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And you can say it wasn't John Schneider's fault because people are saying, listen, that, that's above John Schneider. That's the analytics department that's making that decision. That's the front office. Mm -hmm. But John Schneider has to wear it. And if you saw him in the dugout after with Barrios, it looked like he didn't want to make that decision. Yeah, they were like hugging and everything. But with that said, as the manager, you're at the front of the line. The game is happening. They, let's say that conversation did happen. They want to take Brios out of the game. Mm -hmm. You know that. Mm -hmm. The way that Brios was pitching, there's no way you take him out. He passed the eye test in terms of, we got to let this guy stay in there. He's pitching against his former team. He has something to prove. We've invested well over $100 million into this pitcher. Let's trust the guy. Why can't John Schneider go out there, look him in the eye and say, you know what, they want me to take you out based on these numbers, but I'm going to keep you in here because I believe in you. Mm -hmm. Let's galvanize the team and bring them together. In game two, in an elimination game in the wild card series. Why can't John Schneider do that? And I know he's still learning on the job. He is more or less a rookie manager. Yeah. But why can't you do that? I think if he made that decision, I'm not saying the Jays would win. I'm not saying they would win. But I think that would have been the right decision for John Schneider in that team at that moment. Oh, a billion percent. But I think it comes down to fear or inexperience, like you just said. Like, when you... When your boss tells you to do something and, and outside of homestand sports, you know, because we ignore him all the time. Uh, when your boss tells you to do something and you sort of go around it and make your own decision for what you think would be the betterment of the company, you then would have to fall on your sword if, if you, you know, say Jose Barrios gets lit up at the next couple batters, right? And the Jays lose because you left Jose Barrios in when the guys upstairs told you to remove him. Whether like, again, we all assume that's the case and and I'm going to say that, that I do believe that uh, Atkins told, you know, they game plan this and that's what they went along with the game plan. Might, someone had to say something. But I've never heard so many people in unison come out and say that decision was not made by a manager. Yeah. It was immediate. Everyone yeah. said that. The commentators yeah. said it. Post game, you heard it everywhere. Everywhere in Toronto radio and Toronto TV, that's all you hear. And I've never heard that before. Yeah. I understand analytics are part of the game. 
But hearing that, listen, this is above the manager. Someone else is making this decision before the game even starts. Is there no like bat phone where like they they can call like, John Schneider and be like, oh yeah, don't don't follow the plan. He's he's doing really good. But if the numbers are telling you, listen, at this point in the game, he's going to face these batters. This is who's coming up. You got a lefty who you can bring in from the bullpen, Kikuchi. Yeah. You say Kikuchi is a starter. Yeah. I mean, why? And, and that decision alone drives me crazy. Why would you throw a starter into the bullpen and bring him in mid-inning? I don't know. Right? It didn't make any sense. They're never starters aren't put in those situations. Yeah. At least at the top of the inning, it makes more sense. Yeah. No. And who was at the plate at that time? Royce Lewis. The guy's banged up. Yeah, yeah, he can barely run. Wheel, yeah. So a walk wouldn't even kill them at that point. Yeah. You're getting a guy with a broken wheel trying to round the bases. Listen, these analytics guys, and, and obviously John Schneider and all the baseball guys probably know a lot more than us. Yeah. But when you're watching the game, I think anybody watching that game realized that it's just not the decision you make at that time. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Brios was dealing, man. His fastball looked crisp. He was fired up. Serve, it, and just like, yeah, and you could see that he wanted it, right? But like you also saw when they came to take him out, he, he knew. He wasn't, like we've seen him get taken out early before and he was fired up, right? Yeah. And so he knew that this was coming. This was the game plan. So the, I don't know why they went through with it. Again, you see somebody doing really well. I don't know why you keep, don't keep him in the game. I know the numbers, like you said, the analytics say like third time through the order, they're hitting over 300 on him. Uh, like, sorry, the league was hitting over 300 on, on him. Um, uh, but yeah, you can't, you can't pull him there. And again, who knows what would have happened if they left him in? Like we could, it could have been eight, nothing. Exactly. Right. But yep. like you talked about it a lot of the blame has to fall on the offense oh my god and and so question to you like and i i think like again i i always say this team is inconsistent and it's it comes down to a lot of these guys you can game plan how to a, a pitch at them you throw vladdy you throw him the slider away right and he swings and he and he and he way you've seen him swing at things two feet almost outside trying to do too much you've seen Bo do similar things mm -hmm. but i'm not going to rag on Bo too much i think he had a fantastic I will. He's my next target Go ahead. Yeah, yeah um you know dalton varsho throw him a high fastball you know brandon belt throw him a high fastball david schneider throw him a high fastball yeah so like and no and you know what i mean like everybody throws a fastball and now the fastball is you know up at you know most pitchers are throwing nine especially relievers 95 mm -hmm. to 100 like so the jays and i don't know what i can't even describe what's going on with matt chapman but oh. uh but if if you know how to game plan for these batters and you can execute well i mean it's not like they're very versatile like they have they're skilled and they, and they're you know what i mean and, and they can hit well but if you if you execute your pitches they're done you've seen it all year and that's what the twins did you know duran blowing 102 by varsho and, and and you know what i mean you can't pull varsho there you, he's no. your guy like you you rode with him all year same we talked about down the stretch do you do you take out matt chapman and put somebody else in? i'm like well who do you put in you know we saw espinal come off the bench and have a good at bat maybe he should have been in the starting lineup but then you take him chapman out of the field right it's just I don't know. It's all would have, could have, should have, and I'll be analyzing it all offseason, man. <laughs> yeah, everybody um, will. The top of the order was essentially dead in that series. And this is why I kind of want to I want to blame Bo Bichette a little bit. Sure. Okay, the most consistent hitter, maybe the one of the best one of the best hitters in the MLB. Yeah. You cannot question that. Yeah. But some of his decision making in the series, I, I don't understand. And we can I, I I did a TikTok, follow me on TikTok, by the way. A little <laughs> plug. Uh, Albert Bartanian. Um 
there was three plays that I thought really killed the Jays in this series. One you mentioned was the Vladdy pickoff, which I thought was the nail in the coffin in mm-hmm. game two. It was such a great position. Vladdy leads off, double. Who's coming up next? Boba Shett. That's the guy you want at the plate. And what does he do? He strikes out three straight pitches. You know, two of those pitches weren't even the zone. Yeah. Just trying to do too much. And then in game one, running through the stop sign at third base yeah. and gets thrown out by a mile. And when I think back to that play, the Jays were down. You're trying to make something happen. The bats aren't really going. So maybe in a way it was the right decision by Bo to do that. But because the offense was lacking so much, you want to give yourself a chance to to do something. I know Biggio was coming up, but you never know. You put him in that position with a couple runners on. Maybe he he, he you know, hits a double or a base hit, and now you cash a couple runs, you're back into the game. That didn't happen. So that's where I'm frustrated with Bo. I thought the at-bats were were really poor when it really mattered. And I go back to timely hitting, like Brandon Belt said. Yeah. And guys were put in that position. Vladdy was put in that position. Uh, Chapman was put in that position a ton. And he almost made a count with one of those oh. hits, right? <laughs> but like but at inches. the end of the day, at the end of the day, it did not count. Yeah. And when you needed your, your best players to show up, they didn't. And for Minnesota, you needed your best players to show up, Carlos Correa, and he did that. That was a difference in that series. Look at the Twins. You don't have to score that many runs. Mm-hmm to beat the Twins. They're going to go play the Astros now. They're going to be riding a high for sure. But you're telling me the Astros can't just destroy this team right now? No, I mean, you got to score four or five runs and you beat the Twins. Yeah, you're not That's all the Jays needed the to Astros. do and they couldn't do it. All you needed was a couple timely hits and these Jays players could not do that. Which leads me to maybe my next question. What happens in the offseason? If you're in the front office mm-hmm. and you're thinking about Vladimir Guerrero and Bo Bichette, it hasn't worked up until this point. Sure. Do you... Do you, are you comfortable moving forward with having both of those guys on your team to try and lead this team to a World Series? I am. I mean, the skill is just both of them too high. Yeah, really. I am, and you know, I mean, the, the chemistry is good. I would maybe again, I, I talk to Vladimir Guerrero. You're not going to change him, but like we've seen it. Like we talked about it the other day off 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 air, and it was just like buddy buddy at first base with everybody. <laughs> like, are we? The, are we? Are we? Um, overreacting to probably that? a little bit, but like, like if we I, watch more games, we probably see a lot of first basemen have conversations. Yeah, I'm, but I'm it's not just when it's happening. I'm not saying he needs to, you know, change. And I'm not saying you know that that's the the biggest problem. It's it's not like again, it just I think he'll have a better year next year. Which again, I think he's still one of the top thirty hitters in baseball. It's not that these guys can't make it work. It's just. You have to, you know, they have, they have to work on their approach. I don't know if, you know, if they need a new hitting coach. You've seen a lot of different hitters and different people in their lives and in, yeah. that in their past come in and, and, and deal with them and talk to them about their approaches. Uh, we just saw uh, Luis Rivera retired yesterday. Uh, Bo scared him into retirement by going through that stop sign. <laughs> Blue Jays third base coach, for <laughs> yeah. those who don't know. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, the team's going to look completely different. And, and I think you got to bring in some new blood. Um, I would look closely at Schneider, but I'm not saying he's gone. I mean, he's here for another couple of years on contract at least. But, I mean, you're looking at free agents, Whit Merrifield, Kevin Kiermeyer, Brandon Belt, uh, Matt Chapman, uh, Hinjin Ryu, Jordan mm-hmm. Hicks. Uh, there's a lot of turnover that's going to come, and, and that'll change the lineup. I mean, I would like to see them maybe re-sign a Kiermeyer. If you're not going to re-sign a Kiermeyer, you know, Cody Bellinger who I wanted the Jays to get last season, who had a great year with the Cubs, despite dealing with a couple injuries. There's, there's, It's not a great free agent class, but I, I would want Chapman gone. You know, I think Merrifield has a, a player option or a club option, but yeah, it's like 14, 15 million dollars. Yep. So do you, I mean, he was slumping down the stretch. Like he had a great first half. 
but do you want to pay 15 millions for, for a Whit Merrifield? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, the team's going to look different. I think this team can still win. I mean, they've proven it. They made it to the playoffs. Uh, but it's similar, you know, I don't want to bring up the Toronto Maple Leafs, but it's just that's the same narrative, right? You can get into the playoffs, but what can you do when you get there? And is it the mentality of these guys? Right. Is it, you know, inexperienced coaching? Is it, you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of similarities there. And uh, I'm looking, I mean, again, I'm already like looking at the offseason. What can they do? And, and and it's just, I mean, it's too early to tell. But Well, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins in the front office prioritized pitching and defense, and they went that way. It, it didn't work. Yeah. And I would say the comparison to the Leafs is interesting, but the Toronto Maple Leafs dominate the regular season. The Jays kind of backed into the playoffs. They did. Which is also kind of promising. They still won 89 games, and they were consistently inconsistent. Yeah, so the ninth, I, ninth. I mean, ninth best record in the majors, right? Exactly, and it's and, crazy to say after what we just saw. And and on top of that too, it's like they at the same point in time they were healthy. They were pretty healthy this they year. They were. They were very healthy. Um, so they did miss Danny Jansen though. Oh, 100 percent clutch clutch hitter. If, if there ever was one, you yeah. can't measure clutch, but that that's a, a couple walk offs during the regular season. Yeah, yeah they definitely missed um, Danny Jansen. So. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little be, heartbroken uh, now, but yeah. uh, I'm still on board with this team. I think they can still they'll be back in the playoffs next year. But it's going to be another tight one. That division is just so good. I don't know. I mean, so the good. Orioles look dangerous. They're probably only going to get better. Mm-hmm. The Rays are always there. You have to assume there's going to be a massive improvement from the Yankees and the Red Sox. Potentially, the Yankees getting Shohei Otani. That's Yan- a conversation that's Yan- probably going to the be The Yankees had. will be back next year. Yeah, so it's going to be even more difficult for the Jays. They backed into a wild card. Yeah, and they clinched it on the hundred and sixty-first game. It depends with the Mariners. Who I I don't I don't want to spend too much more longer on the Jays. Right? Who would if you if you could re-sign one player that's a free agent on the list on on the list? Probably Kevin Kiermaier. No, well he's my number two probably. I mean, I think you get him for cheap. He's, he's part of the best defense in baseball. Yeah. No. No. I I, I like I I'm not I'm not ragging on it, but he's just to me like it's Jordan Hicks. Yeah. Yeah, I can so, see that. Because we talked about this bullpen all year. They, could, uh, they, didn't have, they don't have the guy that can throw 100. I, again, Chad Green, I think, is also a free agent. Yes. And I think he owes us one. I believe there's a player option. He owes us one, uh, Chad Green. <laughs> you miss half the year. Come on back, buddy. Yeah, I would, I would go Kiermaier Hicks. Maybe Hicks is the right choice because Hicks can also. You know, you know who knows those what guys ha- that throw 100. It's true. And the and who knows, have who knows what can happen with Joe Romano? Maybe the decision is for Hicks to become the closer. No. I, I think his command's too wild. But anyways. Yeah. Okay. Well, it'll be an interesting offseason. I think they're going to be active in the trade market. I'm not sure about free agents, but in the trade market, um, maybe it's not so negative with the Blue Jays. Maybe it really isn't. Maybe, listen, if they prioritize getting some bats and they get a little bit of power to go along with that pitching and defense, yeah, they'll be all right. What's going to happen with Alec Manoa? That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> and we will not have that conversation right now. Oh, but man. let's transition to, uh, to football. We'll take a quick break, but let's talk about Travis Kelsey. And Taylor Swift. Oh. Travis Kelsey had some things to say. And the NFL, after Kelsey's uh, his little blurb in his podcast, released a statement. Oh, okay. Stay tuned for that. Is the NFL overdoing it? What is your honest opinion? Not I think, take away. I think everybody's just like overwhelmed. Your feelings with- for Taylor. What is your honest <laughs> opinion on how the NFL is treating uh celebrities at games i think it's fun when they show uh who all is at the game you know i think uh i think it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere brings a little bit more to to what you're watching um 
but at the same time, I think uh, they're overdoing it. They're they're overdoing it a little bit for sure, especially my situation. Right. I think they're they're just trying to have fun with it, and um, a lot Here's of uh, a lot of the people watching. Go ahead, let's hear it. I just think the NFL is not used to celebrities coming to the games. Like basketball has it figured out. They're all courtside. They're sitting there. They show them once or twice, and then and then they but they get back to the game. NFL is like, oh, look at all these A-list celebrities in the game. Keep showing them, show them, show them, show them. Dude, listen, you show them once, let them know that they're there. Maybe after a touchdown, you get a little clip, but it, you, can't, you can't be overboard with it. Yeah. People are there to watch the game, right? Yeah, they're not there to get thrown on TV. So that was Travis Kelsey and his brother Jason Kelsey on their podcast, the New Heights podcast, which is really good. Uh, so Jason asked Travis, what does he think about this whole Taylor Swift situation? Travis said, I think they're overdoing it a bit. Um, and the NFL also released a statement. So, in case you don't know, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are dating. Sean, has it? Has There's been, something going. It on. hasn't been confirmed. There's a relationship. But yes, it looks it, like that. Taylor the Swift goes to the game. She's gone to two games so far. Kansas City won both. Uh, after the Chiefs' latest win over the Jets, the NFL changed their bio on Instagram to say Chiefs are two and zero as Swifties, while the bio on X or Twitter read NFL Taylor's version. <laughs> So ridiculous. So the NFL came out with a statement saying, we frequently change our bios and professional imagery based on what's happening in and around our games, as well as culturally. The Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey news has been a pop culture moment we've leaned into in real time as it's an intersection of sport and entertainment, and we've seen an incredible amount of positivity around the sport. The league went on to state, the vast majority of our content has remained focused on the game, Sean McCormick, our players, and variety of other initiatives, including our Toy Story Fun Day football altcast, which I watched, which <laughs> was ridiculous, uh, the international games, and more. Uh, so here's the, the big question. Do you agree with Travis Kelsey? Is the NFL overdoing it? They are and they're not. And that's a fence sitter answer. But they they are because of the amount of times that they're showing Taylor Swift. So uh, I did a little research, as I do. And, uh, you researched it wasn't, it wasn't, what? It wasn't, it wasn't hard to find the answer. <laughs> no, I wanted to know how often they showed Taylor Swift okay. during the last game, the, the Chiefs and the Jets. Right. They showed Taylor Swift 17 times, according to Yahoo, uh, which is too much. It's too much. Is it? Yeah, it's too much. Why? What? Like, it's a football game. You're there to, you know, most people are tuning in to watch the football game. Right. Um, you know what I mean? It's taken away from replays. It's taken away from production. Um, but what I will say is that there is nothing like this in sport right now. There is nothing like this. Oh. And I'm going to say that there was before, but it wasn't overblown. You know, you have Giselle and Tom. You had Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo. That's right. So you had some. This isn't. You new. really did your research. This, well, you, you asked me to come well on the pod. Well done. <laughs> yeah. You asked me to come on the pod. You know, I got to do a little. I digging, love that. You know? Okay. Um, Pop culture research. So, it's not new, but the difference is, is that right now, there might not be a bigger pop culture celebrity than Taylor Swift. Well, she's because, being compared to Michael Jackson. So you're, sure. you're bang on with that probably. Because like, you might get, you know, you're, you're LeBron's, you're Dwayne The Rock Johnson's, you're mm -hmm. Kevin Hart's. They're huge, right? But they're not hitting every demographic. Everybody seems to love Taylor Swift. So there's that sort of angle to it. That's one. Two, there's like a romantic 
connection supposedly between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. So that gets people interested, right? So that 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 and that gets people talking, which gets, you know, the impressions up and the numbers up on social media. And now you're seeing it in their bio, like the Twitter bios of the NFL. Like this is just such a big deal. And the, I don't know what the end goal is. Like I've heard the end goal is to try to get Taylor Swift to perform at, at a halftime show for the Super Bowl. She, I believe she already declined to do this year's and because you have to pay to do the Super Bowl. Like you don't, they don't pay you, you pay right. them. And somebody at the peak of their career making hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know what the exact numbers are on that. Sorry, I didn't do that research. But, you know, making a ton of a ton of money, they don't need it. But it's good to get the spotlight, you know, without doing much, much work. Um, so, yeah, they're overdoing it. But, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it bothers me a little bit because, again, I'm I'm a football guy and it it's not really like she's not doing anything you know you're celebrating a touchdown you know what i mean pan to the rest of the crowd who's celebrating the touchdown or or the, the team who's also celebrating the touchdown um but it's you know meme culture it's internet culture mm -hmm. it's it's all that stuff that like you know what i mean you've seen it all already like taylor like celebrating i don't know about the celebratory what, face what was that to our audio <laughs> listeners no, sean please, just made a strange face please don't clip that right um but it's just like you've seen uh, it's blown up and it's the main story on you know sports broadcasts and and, and sports shows it's like entertainment you know it's, what I mean? it's, it's blowing, a complete it's crossover up and, and and it's it's worth talking about and it's it's important to both the nfl and and pop culture and it, it one it's one of the biggest stories going in the world right now well, why is it important let's talk about it john it's all about it's... the do re me it's about the money yeah. bro and travis kelsey saying that they're overdoing it i I think he's full of it. He knows exactly what he's doing. This is a guy who had his own dating show called, I think, Look, Dating Kelsey. Looking for, oh no, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Hold on, let me pull it looking up. I have right here. Catching Kelsey. Catch, catching okay? Kelsey. And here's the bio for that show. Mm -hmm. American football player Travis Kelsey is known for catching passes as a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. As a pro football star and an eligible bachelor, Kelsey Ooh. is quite the catch himself. <laughs> In the dating competi competition series, Catching Kelsey, 50 women from 50 states vie to win the heart of a pro football player. With help from his famous friends and family, Kelsey attempts to find the woman who will become his perfect teammate. That's a hell of a trailer. He knows what's going on. He's been in this position before. Yeah, They're making a lot of money. His jersey sales have gone up. They said 400%. Yeah. It's through the roof. He's getting little kids and little girls buying his jersey now who love Taylor Swift because it's Taylor Swift's quote-unquote boyfriend. Sure. Taylor Swift has this movie coming out. I think it's come out already. Yeah, Ares Tour or something. Yeah. Ares Tour. That, yeah. uh, they're projecting to make a billion dollars. Sure. And, and Everything goes hand in hand. And like, Taylor Swift is helping Kelsey. Kelsey's helping Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift and Kelsey are helping the yeah. NFL. Yeah. The NFL are helping Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Yeah. Money, 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 money. That's all it is. And go back to my question. Are they overdoing it? No, it's fine. What's the big deal? They showed them 17 times. You still get to watch your football. Nothing's <laughs> changed. The game hasn't changed. You're just showing a blonde famous woman. But why? On what? your TV why? screen. I just told you why. Money. It all goes well, back the to money. money makes the world go around. And then I, Jason I Kelsey, it. his brother, like, oh, they should be doing whatever. What are you talking about? You got a podcast and you're talking about yeah. it. It's helping your podcast and filling your pockets. It, it, it's all money, dude. What a what a dumb statement by Jason Kelsey, too. Like, what? this is new to the NFL. 
It's not new to the NFL. Uh, it's new. This this level of too. it. This level of it is you know new. But you're telling me celebrities didn't come to NFL games before. But you don't see it as much as you do in the NBA. Yeah, because they're up in the box suites, True. and this you know it's fair. tougher to you know what I mean get the the, the camera. But look focus. who else look who else Taylor Swift is bringing. Last week I saw oh. Ryan Reynolds and his wife was there. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. Wolverine was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like when does Wolverine? <laughs> Go to an NFL game. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Isn't it time for his hibernation? The NFL loves this, and they should totally be doing whatever they can to milk this as much as possible. How long is this relationship going to last, if it even is a relationship? We don't know. After the the first game. They could just be friends. When we first saw Kelsey and Swift leave the game together, they get into like some... Corvette or... Like convertible, convertible, and they're driving down the street like it's a movie. Come on, man. It is a movie. I can see through it. I'm completely fine with it. I love watching football. I love betting football. Seeing Taylor Swift 17 times in a game is not going to change anything. But I can also see how that that can bother some people in the deep south in America who just love their football, football's religion, Friday night lights, Sundays are for football. They want to see football. They don't want to see some... What do they call... um, Yippee, not a yippee. Yeah, careful now. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not a derogatory term. Like someone from a, from the city. Oh, a uh, yuppie. A yuppie. They don't want to see some yuppie yeah. on their screen. They want to see football. I'm gonna Google yuppie to make sure we're allowed to say. Yuppie. We're allowed to say it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so anyway, I, I'm completely fine. The NFL is gonna milk this as much as possible, just like they would milk anything else. Let's yeah. be completely honest. Yeah, you're right. The, I mean, uh, again, uh, I think the NFL also paid to have like. Uh, her her like trailers and commercials run for like free or something. No, oh, there you go. They're, like it was like to get a spot on a NFL Sunday Night broadcast is a million dollars for thirty seconds. Yeah, like you're just giving that away. But that's because chump, it's that's chump change well, the NFL. And also look, they're, get they're trying dollars? to get every single demographic. Forget the Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah. Toy Story. Yeah, it's, it's one of the you know what I mean. Why just, why are they doing that? Are they doing well, that for me and you, two thirty five plus year olds? Yeah, no. No, they're doing it for kids. Yeah, well, they want I mean, that demographic. They want their parents to buy them stuff. Taylor Swift is getting uh, uh, parents to buy little girls Travis Kelsey jerseys and whatever else. And now it's in, once it's in pop culture, now it's huge. That's where the real money is, right? Yeah. So listen, good on the NFL for milking it. Good on Swift. Good on Kelsey. But stop pretending like you you care about what the NFL is doing. You don't. You just want money. It all comes down to the, to the dollar bill. Until Travis Kelsey stops performing on the field because he's too focused on Taylor Swift, then that becomes a real conversation. But clearly that's not an issue. It's affecting Patrick Mahomes. No, it's not. The <laughs> no, guy's he, even he's <laughs> waving at her. The wife Patrick Mahomes' wife is standing beside her. He's waving at Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, everyone wants a piece of Taylor Swift. I'm just saying. Not in that way. Whoa, not in that way. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't saying nothing. Not, so listen, congrats. I, I don't know much about Taylor Swift. It it shocks me like how big she's become i feel like this kind of just happened like a few months ago all of a sudden taylor swift is the biggest name in the world i know she was always popular but now it's just it's a whole nother level am i missing something no no i don't i, I <laughs> yeah it, 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 i won't say it came out of nowhere she's been around for a long time and it's it, she's been big for a long time but it is reaching that other level and, and again the stuff like this um is the reason why you know spotlight like uh you know what i mean she, there's there's always a little bit of controversy with her between her dating life, the Kanye incident. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, you know what I mean. Kanye so like, thing. when you're constantly in yeah. the news for one reason or another, whether it be 
a fantastic musical artist b uh you know getting the limelight stolen from you by kanye c see who you're dating next and and the you know the heartbreak that that you'd endure uh from your previous three months relationship uh and now to like this thing with the nfl right it's just it's it's smart yeah it's smart by her it's smart i mean and, and it, it it'll make her a lot of money Listen, and man. you've and again we've we've seen it like the, this tour that she's going on is 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 ridiculous mm -hmm. it's like six or seven nights in toronto like and that's just like one of the stops like but to sell out sixty thousand seat arenas in the same city for six straight seven straight days not too many artists can do that but so hats off to miss swift if taylor swift was in this office right now I just have her sit there and yeah, just pan the camera to Taylor Swift. You're every... gonna show her 17 times? I'll show her 17,000 well, times. Won't, she won't even say it. She... Hey, listen, man, it's hard to make a buck out there. Listen, you, any way you can, NFL, <laughs> listen, I applaud you guys. Okay, uh, let's continue with football, but after the break, I wanna play uh, a couple of clips. Marshawn Lynch um, has been talking. The former Seattle Seahawks running back was on uh, a podcast with Shannon Sharp, and he said some things about Russell, Russell Wilson and his relationship with him. So you'll wanna hear that, so stay tuned. Okay, welcome back to the pod. So, as I mentioned, Marshawn Lynch was on Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay, who I think everyone should listen to. It's a really good podcast. He gets some good athletes to, to say some things because he's a former athlete himself. He's super entertaining, really good interviewer. Anyway, um, they talked about a lot of different topics, including Marshawn's relationship with quarterback Russell Wilson during his time in Seattle. And, and while describing that relationship uh, as teammates, Lynch admitted that Wilson was just a quarterback to him. Lynch went on to describe how he can't even get in touch with Wilson, even if he wanted to. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take Russ, and I'll put him right there at quarterback, and I'll rock with him right. because I have done that. Right. But, I mean, you know, as far as anything else, it's like it, there's – Y'all no, didn't have a relationship outside of football. No, there's no – I mean, it, can't pick up the phone and, 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 and call old right. boy or nothing. Right. And then, I mean, you know. What do you mean you couldn't pick up the phone? I mean. I, you, I don't got a number. Oh, oh, but, oh, but you would. I mean, but if you, you know. Uh, yeah, for sure. Right. So then Lynch then talked about an, uh, an interaction he had with Wilson following a win over the Titans in 2013. Uh, Marshawn said the expectation was for Wilson to have a good game against the Titans secondary, secondary, excuse me, who were bad. But he threw for just 257 and no touchdowns, while Lynch went off 155 and two touchdowns himself. Marshawn wanted to talk to Russ after the game, and this is how that went. You know, I reached out to our player personnel, dude, and I like, hey, man, uh, let me get Russ' number. Uh, call him, you know, highlight him. Like, oh, I'll call you back. So then, you know, he called me back like, hey, did you, you know, you get a call? I'm like, no. He's like, no, Russ just said he called you. I'm like, no, I got a call from a blocked number. He's like, oh, that's him. Uh, he blocked his number? <laughs> I don't know if he blocked it or if... I don't know how it went. I just know it got caught from a blocked number. A blocked number. But wait, there's more. Oh, no. Uh, he also described a situation where head coach Pete Carroll, who's still the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, told Lynch and a few members of the team to not talk directly to Wilson. Listen. I had a practice, and uh, Pete wasn't holding them accountable. Sherm, you know what I mean, spoke up. Uh, uh, a couple of D linemen spoke up, and uh, Pete tell him like, "Hey, you know, uh, nobody go and talk to Russell. Uh, if, it, if 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 anybody got something to say to Russell, come talk to me. Come talk to you know the quarterback. But nobody go and talk to him. And 
that was when that shit, you know what I mean, where that where that started. What you mean you can't talk to anybody can go and you know what I mean talk this, to this that kind of zone. Yeah. This that kind of team. But you you know, you kinda of putting him, you know what I mean, on the pedestal or outside the you know what I mean, outside of the, the box and it's like he not he don't have to be held accountable to the same that we do. What the Wow. So there, there's a lot there, Sean. So the big question yep. to my man, Sean McCormick, noted Denver Broncos fan, fan excuse <laughs> oh, God, me. Yeah. Russell Wilson is now the Broncos quarterback, yep. signed a long-term contract there. Mm-hmm. But after hearing this, and we've heard a lot about Russell Wilson over the years, is his reputation in the NFL, in the football circle, like destroyed beyond repair? He probably, yeah. I mean... There, you heard what Marshawn had to say. When the thing about being on a football team is that you should be part of the team. You should be in the trenches. You should be accessible. You should be a leader. You should, you know, uh, be able to have open communication with the rest of your team. And when you have to go through agents to talk to somebody, when you have to go through hoops and hoops and hoops to talk to somebody just to go over a couple of things that you want to go over for the future game or what happened on Sunday before like it makes you not want to talk to that person like if I had to go if I had to call your agent Albert and say I don't have one for the record (laughs) and like say hey like can I talk to Albert and 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 that just to me like I'd be like "Ah, I'm just not going to talk to Albert like it 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 just rubs me the wrong way and and you've seen it there with what Marshawn was saying uh, when he got traded to Denver, he's got his own office in Denver. Like there's, I don't know many quarterbacks that have their own office. And he brings his own people. And he he brings his own people, which Come on. which is also a little insane. Um, Can I say this though? Yeah. So even though they had that type of relationship, according to Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. they still won a Super Bowl together in 2014. Oh yeah. Right. So. Having a relationship with your teammate, I, this this might sound ridiculous, but I'm going to pose the question anyway. Could that be overrated if you guys can still just go on the field and perform, regardless of your re- relationship off the field? No, um, but to me, there there are other ways of doing it. You're not going to like, you know, the people that you work with or the people no, that are on your team. That, and that's yeah, that's in any walk of life, any industry. But like, you know, Tom Brady was notoriously, you know. ultra competitive person who you know i mean fiery uh, held his players accountable but his teammates loved them but his teammates loved them because like he was there for them right so like despite the fact that he was probably like a big hard ass and 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 a bit of a prick you know what i mean that's a difference right like so they didn't probably get along with everybody but you knew every week you could talk to him and he would you know be there and he would listen and and he would be the leader of that team the things that Russell is doing, those aren't leadership qualities. Now I'm hearing that he's got an open door policy on in his office on the second floor. Get out of here! I don't even want to hear that. So you I have could, an open door policy. So if you want to go, this guy? if you want to go into Russ's office and talk to Russ, you can. But like, is he a quarterback or is he a coach? Right? Like, coaches have open door policies. Coaches have offices. Your star quarterback who underachieved last year um, should not have these privileges. During that podcast, Shannon Sharp said, 
when I was playing for the Broncos, yeah. he would have Club Shay Shay where they would play cards and have some drinks and stuff. He goes, number seven would hang out with us and join us, talking about John Elway. Yeah. He goes, there was, there's no block numbers. No. There's no going through someone else to talk to the quarterback. To yeah. me, that, that's crazy. So I know I posed the, the relationship question off the field. Um, and, and maybe it, it doesn't matter. I'm not sure. But you can even go back to, you know, you watched The Last Dance. Michael Jordan's teammates, they, a lot of them didn't like him. No. They almost hated him. Yeah. But they knew once you get on that field or on that court, he's going to perform to the highest level, yeah. and he is the way he is because he wins. The same can't be said about Russell Wilson. I think it's easier to be – what's another word for the word that I want to say that I'm not allowed <laughs> to say on this podcast? Um, not a nice person. Yeah. That's why I said prick earlier. Yeah, that prick is probably the better word. Same road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to be a prick. Yeah, if you go out there and win every single week, that's yeah. not the case and, with Russell Wilson. And that was the problem. Like, I, he came out last year and he had a good first couple weeks despite them losing. Mm. But you finished the season with you know sixteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions, and you sign a two hundred and forty-five million dollar extension. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. No, and. You know, he's having a better season this year. He's, I think it's nine touchdowns, two interceptions, but the team's one and three, right? I mean, you get paid to win games. You're there to win games. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to say your individual statistics don't matter. But he's not really the problem this season. It's the defense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this started – I mean, it started well before Russ, but, like, you're seeing this new breed, you know, you, of people who just want a different – things differently for themselves and we touched on it a bit last week with players in the nba uh and you've seen it in the nfl like uh you know russ wilson deshaun watson aaron Rodgers, like taking the the spotlight away from the team and onto themselves in a way um for better or for worse uh you're seeing you know russ bring in his own people you're seeing aaron Rodgers bring in his own players and own coaching staffs right this never used to happen like Players shouldn't be able to pick their coaches and their teammates. Like, yeah, you can recommend a couple players, but, like, there's no reason why Randall Cobb should be playing for the New York Jets. Like, he's washed. But Aaron Rodgers wanted him there, so they brought Randall Cobb, right? So that's a that's a problem. It's it's this this is the kind of reputation that some of these players are getting. And would I rather have Aaron Rodgers than Russell Wilson? Yes, I would, 100%. Mm-hmm. But when you get this reputation of somebody who is a diva, somebody who you know is going and and doing these commercials and you have this charitable foundation and your your focus seems to be away from the field and on your brand that's where the reputation problem lies because if you're doing all those things like a tom brady and you have tb12 and you're winning super bowls great keep up keep it up with the tb12 brand and keep it up with your you know uh media appearances and and you know um but if you're not performing on the field then you gotta refocus because your number one priority here is winning football games and, and how he about wasn't doing that how about just being a good person I, I don't know if he is or not you know what well, i mean he seems I mean, like a, he seems like a weirdo you gotta but, go through somebody yeah to get that person right to tell russ to call you yeah. then he calls you on a block number that says a lot about a person he doesn't want you to have their number i don't want you calling me Listen to the rest of that podcast. Listen to, to what Marshawn Lynch had to say. If I were to run all the clips that I wanted to from that podcast, yeah. this show would be three hours. <laughs> but that we, we cannot do that. Yeah. And then you have the coach who's going to bat for the quarterback saying, don't go directly to him. You talk to, you talk to us if you got something to say about Russell Wilson. That yeah. says a lot about Russell Wilson. Yeah. 
the type of person that he is. He's essentially saying, I'm better than all of you. Yeah. As a person, as everything. If you want to talk to me, go through somebody else because I, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Why, why would anybody want that person on their team? Why would any organization want to pay that guy that type of money? There's no way that the Denver Broncos didn't know what they were getting into when they got Russell Wilson. Yeah. Because these stories keep coming out, keep coming out, keep coming out. It's Russell Wilson, then it's the team. And that never works in any sport. No one player is above anybody else. Maybe in the NBA you can say LeBron James, but even then, even then, he has to recruit the players that he wants to make it happen yeah. because he can't do it by himself. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, you're right. You heard these accounts with Pete Carroll and, and you know what I mean? And he didn't, wasn't being held accountable. And, and now you sort of look at things this year with like Zach Wilson, right? And Robert Sala saying, you know, he's our quarterback and, and you've heard players, you know, off the record mostly come out and attack Zach Wilson saying like, if that was anybody else on the team, there'd be issues, right? Like quarterbacks are held to, a, you know, kept a little differently. Well, and, the and most I, important position in football. Yeah, in sport. By probably. a mile. Maybe in sport. Yeah, good call. Um, yeah. And and so I get why they get some pre preferential treatment. But, yeah, if you're not performing on the field and 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 you shouldn't, you shouldn't get these extra perks and, and you should recalibrate your focus because, I don't know, it's just the, the Russ... I can't call him a bad person. Like I wouldn't want to deal with him. And you're right. Like I, I, it probably is like, there's a difference between like good and bad in that, in that like I wouldn't want to hang around this person or have him on my team or, but I, I don't know if that makes him a bad or evil, but you know what I mean? Like his charitable foundation, um, only like 40% of it actually goes to like the charities. And so like most of these charitable like underlying... foundations are all fugazi anyway. It's more of a tax break and the people who start the organizations are making more money than anybody else. I agree. But the most charities like, like his give away 70 ish percent and he's giving away 40%. Uh, well, again, not, probably not all his decisions. He's keeping the vig, right? <laughs> well, so, so yeah, there, there's oh, things, man, there's things there that, that show that there's something wrong here clearly and it, and and i thought when they signed them i was happy when they traded for him i was like yes denver needed a new quarterback they had a rotation of quarterbacks for the last five or six years that weren't cutting it russ is an aging star but hey two years with russ great oh no they signed him for another five years the worst contract in nf in the nfl at the time mm. The Deshaun Watson one might be worse. Yeah, yeah, that's an and, island and now of its own. And now, you know, you mean you're seeing like Joe Burrow and like he's banged up and you're like, ee, like maybe if he's not the same, right? Maybe that becomes the worst contract. But right now, right now, the Russell Wilson contract brutal. in this situation is terrible. Mm -hmm. Last season, like you touched on, like he, Nathaniel Hackett said, uh, like, uh, or sorry, Russell Wilson said, Nathaniel Hackett lets this be a player run team. And again, you have an inexperienced head coach. It was his first year as a head coach. But that can't happen. And you're seeing a little bit different this year. Again, he's not the problem this year. Russ isn't the problem. He's playing well. Not top 10 well, but like, and playing up to his contract well, but he's playing well enough that he is not the problem. I don't know what's going on in the dressing room this year, but you haven't heard much. Again, a lot of the focus has been more on Sean Payton, which I think he, Sean Payton wanted to get the spotlight off of Russ. So that Russ could again focus on what's important, um, 
And I think having somebody like Sean Payton is, is going to be great for Russ. Maybe. But again, does that change who Russ is? Maybe a little bit. Maybe Sean Payton's like, no, you can't do this stuff. And we don't know. But well, he said that before the season started. He goes, things are going to change around here. And they should. And, right? and, and I hope they have. And, and so far, again, the Denver Broncos are still struggling, but Russ has been better. So hopefully, you know what I mean? Hopefully the next five years of Russ will be better. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. And I think, like you said, uh, your, to answer your question, yeah, his reputation is terrible. Yeah. And I don't think it can get any better yeah he's lucky to have that contract because let's say if it was running out at the end of this season i'm just not sure who'd be in for russell wilson after hearing these things and also his performance you put the two and two together and it doesn't doesn't make for a great situation broncos are one and three um i think if things continue to go south for the broncos i think peyton's going to start throwing more and more on russell wilson sure. it just that's just that's just the nature of, of sean Payton. but we'll see anyway great discussions today thank you so much sean mccormick uh, I'll have you on uh, next week. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you to Sean McCormick for joining the show today. A fantastic show. It was for all of our audio listeners, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Homestand Sports will be there. If you want to watch the video version, you want to see our beautiful faces, head over to the Homestand Sports YouTube. We will post every single podcast we do up on that YouTube channel. Every Monday, new podcasts will be dropping for Homestand Sports. So please stay tuned for that. Subscribe, like, leave a rating. Whatever you do helps the podcast, and we really appreciate that. This has been Homestand Sports. I'm Albert Vartanian.